Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bible tonight to the 26th chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 26. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Acts chapter 26. In the 26th chapter of Acts, the Apostle Paul was speaking before King Agrippa. And he was making his uh, defense of the ministry and, and what God had called him to do and and of the false charges that had been raised against him by the Jews. And he had appealed to uh, higher uh, authority. And on his way, he appeared to, to King Agrippa. And so in, uh, he's telling the, the king, he's, he's recounting how he got born again, how he came to the Lord, and how the Lord appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Let's pick up in the 12th verse. He said, while thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midnight, or midday rather, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Now, this was at midday. That means the sun's directly overhead and it's shining in its fullness. And he said, along the way, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Well, now that'll get your attention. A light brighter than, I tell you what, the glory of God is far greater than we realize. The glory of God is far more splendid and powerful than we realize. And we carry that glory in us. We carry that glory in us. Because we are the temple of God. And the glory of the Lord uh, fills the temple of God in these last days. Well, in the church age is what I'm talking about. And we are the temple of God as individuals and as a, and as a, as a local body. And the glory is here. Praise God. And when it manifested on this day, it was brighter than the sunshine. I mean, brighter than the red ball, you know, that you can't even look at. He said, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the noonday sun. Whew. <laughs> That's what's in us. That's what's in us. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, uh, and it was shining around me and those who journeyed with me. Notice it didn't shine everywhere. 
It shone around those that God had chosen. He had chosen the apostle. Paul, he wasn't an apostle at the time, but he was chosen to be one. And uh, he said, when we had all fallen to the ground, you know, when the glory of God's in its fullest manifestation, people can't stand up. In the Old Testament, when the glory of God filled the house of God, it says that the priest could not stand to minister. They fell out. Amen. Well, is that for today? Yeah. Yeah. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose. You know, it's important to understand our purpose. God has a purpose in things. God just doesn't do things for no reason. Amen. He manifests himself for, for a purpose. There's always a purpose. It's always a purpose. Well, it's our responsibility to find out what that purpose is and then cooperate with that. Amen. He said, he said I have appeared to you for a purpose, for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Now, you know what? At this point, he hadn't seen much. (laughs) At this point, he hadn't seen much. He was made of that day God revealed his plan to the apostle Paul. He said, I have made you, I, I rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness of the things which you have seen. How much had he seen? All he had seen was a light, and he heard a voice, and that's not a bad way to start off your Christian experience. <laughs> Amen. But as far as revelation goes, he didn't even know who the voice was. He didn't even know. He didn't even know who the. I mean, the light's coming from heaven. You would think even just an average person like like Ryan over here would would understand if there's a light shining from heaven. There's a voice. The voice must be from heaven. It must be God talking. He didn't even understand that much. It's dangerous to sit on the corner on the front row. (laughs) He said, who are you, Lord? So my point is, he didn't have a whole lot of revelation, but God, his purpose was to make him a minister of what he had seen. Wasn't very much, but God said, you're gonna be a minister and a witness of the little bit that you know. 
the little bit that you have. He said, this is my call on your life to be a, to be a minister of this glory, of this voice, uh, of just the basic truth of Jesus. Yeah. Just the basic, just the basics. Just knew, who, didn't know who he was until he asked. He said, I'm Jesus. But I've made you a minister. You're to minister what you have and be a witness of what you know, what you've seen, and thank God, and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Now, that's looking into the future, isn't it? I have no idea exactly where I'm going right now. I'm going a completely different direction than I went than I have in my notes. I'm just following the Holy Ghost. <laughs> my notes are completely different than this. I might get back onto that theme a little later, but he said, I'm going to reveal some things to you yet. And you're going to be responsible for that too. But at the present time, he said, the things that you have seen, you're going to be ministers, you're going to be a minister of this that you have seen and of that which I will yet reveal to you. Glory to God. Listen, you don't have to know it all to be an effective minister. Now, if you, if you know the story of the Apostle Paul, he spent some time after this, not just, not just in the days after this, but in, but in a period of time after this where he went down into to Arabia, he received some revelation, uh, I mean extensive revelation. We call it the Pauline revelation. And over in Colossians, it tells us that God had, Paul makes the statement that God had called him to complete the word of God, to complete it, to bring it to completion. Listen, there isn't any revelation out there beyond what's in the New Testament. Amen. Now, now, there may be revelation about your particular life, but as far as the word of God is concerned, uh, we have it. And the Pauline revelation is the, is, the, is the crown of it. Amen. It completes it. It, it, it pulls everything together and, and, and uh, uh, makes it all, not only does it make, make it make sense, but it makes it all work together. I tell you what, if, if you just followed the teachings of Jesus alone, you, you'd, be, you'd be mixed up. I said, if you just followed the teachings of Jesus alone, you'd be mixed up. And there are a lot of people try to do that today. They're always talking about, you know, uh, Jesus said this and Jesus said that. It all has to be interpreted in line with the full New Testament. Amen. Amen. And the revelation that God gave to the church uh, explains the ministry of Jesus. Without the Pauline revelation, uh, you'll get into error. Even, even studying the words of Jesus, without the Pauline revelation, you'll get into error. It's like trying to study the Old Testament without the New Testament, you'll get into error. Amen, it's not complete. Well, even the ministry of Jesus was not complete 
because Paul said God called him to complete the word of God. Yeah, you look it up, it's in there. Uh, I think the regular text says to fulfill the word of God. That word means to complete, to bring it to completion. Well, he, he received tremendous revelations, but he was still responsible for this revelation. And if you, if you study this, he went into Damascus. We're not gonna turn there. You don't, we don't have to read it. It's over in, in, you know, in, uh, earlier in the book of Acts. He went on into Damascus and uh, uh, you know, the Ananias came to him and ministered to him. He had his eyes uh, opened and, and uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he began right there preaching Christ. He began right there just preaching what he knew. Just preaching what he knew. Hallelujah. God, you don't have to know it all to be an effective witness. Amen. You're, he said, I, I'm going to make you a minister and witness of the things which you've seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Let's continue reading. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes. <laughs> to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, to turn them from the power. Now that word power there, and this is important for you to know, that word power uh, in the Greek is, is not the word that's the most common word for power. The most common word for power in the New Testament is dunamis. Now there are, there are some other Greek words that are translated power but the primary word is dunamis. This isn't dunamis and it's not any of the other words that are translated power. This word that's translated power is most often translated authority. In the Greek, it's, it's the word exousia. And, and so in my Bible, uh, I've got a little A there. Actually, I went through uh, uh, Strong's Concordance and I found every place uh, I don't know if it was Strong's Concordance. I went through some study aid. I don't remember which was. And, and Englishman's Concordance, I think. And all the places where the Greek word exousia and authority was used, I went through and marked it in the New Testament. That, that, that I just put a little tiny A. If the word said authority, I still put a little A. If it said power, I put a little A, whatever it said. Uh, so it's important to understand authority. I won't, I won't go into that. That should be good for you to do sometime. And he said, uh, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Now, when Jesus said that to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, he could not possibly have had an eye, any idea what he was talking about. He didn't know anything about our inheritance. He had just met the Lord. I mean, when Jesus spoke, he didn't even know who he was. Who are you anyway? So Jesus is talking to him. Jesus is giving him uh, 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 some foreknowledge and, and uh uh, some revelation about some of the things he's going to reveal to him. Going to make you a minister and witness of the things that you've seen, but the things I will yet reveal to you. And, and so he starts telling him some of this stuff. The, these are things that he yet, he yet uh, had to have revealed to him. 
But he said, I will make you a minister and a witness of these things. Well, that's still the, that's still the mandate for the church. That's still the mandate for the church today. We know here locally, if you belong to this church, you know that this is our church vision. We know that uh, the Spirit of God dealt with us in particular about this passage of Scripture and, and made it uh, especially uh, our church vision. But it, it was true in a, in, a, in a general sense for any Christian as an individual, and it's true for the whole church. Of course, some churches, you know, they have other passages of Scripture or other uh, leadings from the Lord. You know, there's, thank God, there's, there's not just one local church. Amen. A lot of good churches and, and the Spirit of God deals with pastors and with churches and, and uh, brings things to them that he wants them to accomplish. And, and you see, when each congregation, each local body is doing what God's called it to do, then everything gets done. Amen. But, uh, and so God will, will uh, show different things to different, to different congregations. This is, what he's, this is what he has talked to us about. And uh, he went on to say uh, to, to King Agrippa, he says, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And so we often talk about the fact that this is a heavenly vision. It's not a man-given uh, uh, vision. He, Paul didn't think it up. Uh, it's a heavenly vision. Amen. But he, he, he said, notice in verse 18, he said, to open their eyes. People have to have their eyes opened. People, people have to have their eyes opened in order to turn them from darkness to light. They can't turn from darkness to light until their eyes are opened. And their spiritual eyes. And, and, and when... Uh, God opens someone's spiritual eyes and he uses people to, to be the agent of that, ministers and witnesses. He, he uses ministers and witnesses of the things that they've heard uh, and seen to open people's eyes. And when people's eyes are open, then they're free to turn from darkness to light. They're, they can't turn without that. Don't get uh, too concerned about people who act you know, so ridiculous, uh, people in the world or even Christians who've just never seen certain things, don't, don't be too hard on them. They just, they just have to have their eyes opened. They're blinded to certain things. Unsaved people are just blinded spiritually to God. But there's a whole lot of spiritual blindness in the church. Amen. Well, you know, uh, they, they can't, they can't turn until they have their eyes opened. Amen. Now, uh, well, let me, let's go on. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God. They can't turn loose and turn away. They can't, they can't extricate themselves from the dominion of darkness. That word authority could also, you could also say the dominion of darkness because that's what authority is. It's dominion. That's what God gave Adam and Eve in the beginning. He told them to, to multiply and to uh, take dominion, exercise dominion over the earth. What is that? That's exercise authority. Well, people can't uh, uh, free themselves 
from the dominion or the authority of the devil unless their eyes are opened. Amen. They can't turn the way they need to turn. They can't uh, 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 turn away and, and loose themselves or get free from the authority of Satan unless someone ministers to them. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. Notice it's not that they may be forgiven. Forgiveness is already granted. Forgiveness is already granted. For the, for the sinner, forgiveness is already out there. It's already, God's already done something about their sin. He's already put their sins on Jesus. It's just a matter of them finding out about it. Well, they can't find out about it. They, can't, they, they don't know it. They don't know how to receive it because they're blinded. Their eyes are closed. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. Ooh, I love that. Thank God there's an inheritance. For Christians, and it's waiting for people. And it takes ministers and witnesses of these things. At the time that Jesus said this to Paul, uh, Saul, Saul wasn't in any position to open anybody's eyes. He just found out who Jesus was. But he, Jesus said, I will make you a minister and a witness. And you're going to open people's eyes. And he's probably thinking, my eyes are, I'm blinded right now. I can't even see anything. Open people's eyes. Turn them from, from darkness to light, from the authority, dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness and of sins and their inheritance. He didn't even know about the inheritance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the gospel, this is the title of my message from a couple of weeks ago. I just didn't get to it until tonight. The gospel is the best kept secret in the world. Amen. It's the best kept secret. I mean, the, now you think people have heard the gospel. You think in America, everybody's heard the gospel. No, they've heard religion. They've heard a religious interpretation of the gospel, a religious watered down version of the gospel, and it's not the true gospel. It's not. Most people in America have never heard the gospel. Not really. Like I said, they've heard, they've heard a watered down religious version, an interpretation of of the gospel. But the gospel that, that uh, turns people from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan unto God that, so that they receive forgiveness of sins and their inheritance, that gospel, it's still hidden to people. Yeah. We live in a nation we like to say we're a Christian nation, you know, a gospel day. No, no, there is darkness all around us. And, and uh, like I said, the gospel is the best kept secret. Years ago, someone uh, visited our church and he, he was a, a family member of some, somebody that came to our church and uh, he, he was from out of town 
And he came into our service, he, and, he, and, and after the service, he made the comment. He said, man, he said, this church is the best kept secret in town. Well, he meant that as a compliment, and I took it that way. But how many of you know it's not supposed to be a secret? <laughs> the gospel's not supposed to be a secret. Amen. The message of redemption is not supposed to be a secret. It was a secret. See, the, the gospel was a mystery that had been hidden, Paul said, from ages and from generations and from, and from times in the past. It had been hidden. It was, it was a secret. But he said, now it has been made manifest. Now it has been revealed to his holy prophets and apostles through the, through, by the Spirit of God. It's no longer a secret. Or why is it still a secret to people? See, where God's concerned, it's not a secret. But where people are concerned, it's still very much a secret. When you, when you think about uh, how much most people... Uh, even even saved people, you know they've uh, they've received the Lord, all right. But most Christians don't know the basics of redemption. Well, if you if you consider the 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 shed blood of Jesus and the and the forgiveness of sins and the ability to to be born again, become a child of God, that's the basis. They know that. But there's a lot more that's very basic that most people don't know. And just like Paul was not in a position to minister to these, these things or, or be a witness to these things because he didn't know them himself. But the time came when the revelation came to him. Jesus said, things that you see and then things that I'll yet reveal to you. Well, there came a time when they were revealed to him and then he could minister those things. And he went about doing it, didn't he? Amen. Well, uh, most people in, in our community, just right around here, forget the world, forget the nation, just right here in our own community. The, the, the truths of redemption and the real glory of the gospel is hidden. It's still a secret. You think about this. The basic, I mean, fundamental truth about prayer and how to get your prayers answered, most Christians don't know. Most Christians that you know don't know how to get their prayers answered. They don't. And it's not for lack of praying Prayer, you know, they've, people have done uh, polls and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, and so forth and surveys and interviewed people. And it's amazing to me how, uh, how common prayer is in the light of the fact that hardly nobody gets any answers. And yet, if you poll people, most people in America will say they believe in prayer. And, and, and uh, when things get bad enough, they'll actually do it. But most people don't know anything about how, get, how to get their prayers answered. And most of the time, their prayers aren't answered. 
I'm going to say it again. Listen, we, we need to understand that. Most Christians don't get their prayers answered ever because they have all kind of religious ideas about what answers are. The devil has Christians so hoodwinked about what constitutes an answer, they think they're getting answers and they're not. Now, I know I've used this illustration before. I have a pen in my pocket. Now, let's just pretend for a moment. I've used this illustration before, but this, this is, this, this is, it's good. It'll, it'll bear doing again. Let's just pretend, let's just pretend I'm God. Okay, and I know that's a stretch, but let's just pretend I'm God. And Doug believes in me. Doug believes in me, believes I'm God. And I tell Doug, you can have anything that I have. Now, that's what God has really told us, isn't that right? Yeah, all that the Father has are yours. Isn't that right? Everything God has belongs to us. So Doug, I'm, I'm telling Doug this, that everything I have belongs to him. And, uh, you know, he doesn't want much. Most Christians don't. But he really wants my ballpoint pen. And so I want Doug to pray to me and I want him to ask me for, for my ballpoint pen because I said he could have it. Go ahead, Doug. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me? No, no, never. Lord, I thank you, I thank you for your pen. That pen is mine. That pen is mine. I thank you for it. Now, see, Christians pray. They pray for all sorts of things. Every day, Christians are praying. Now, he prayed for my pen. And so, instead of reaching in this pocket and getting my pen, I reach in this pocket and I get my hand. It's clean. I haven't used it. Did I just answer his prayer? No. I didn't answer it. He asked for my, he said, I want your pen. I, Lord, give me that pen. I, I believe I received that pen. I gave him my handkerchief. You know what most Christians say? Oh, thank you, Lord. I know I didn't need a pen to start with. I wanted that pen, but you knew I didn't need that pen, so you gave me that handkerchief. Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer. That's what the majority of the church does, and they call it answers to prayer. They have no earthly idea how to get their prayers answered because they don't even know that they're not getting them answered. Leah, Leah and I used to have the same lady that cut our hair years ago, and uh, she, she was one of the worst persons I'd ever met about that. Every time I'd go in, she would, you know, she talked a lot. I finally found somebody that doesn't talk a lot. I don't like a lot of talk when I'm getting my hair cut. And uh, she just, did she talk? She talked nonstop. And she was a preacher's kid. And uh, so she had been raised in church and she was the church pianist or organist at the time at the church she was going to. And uh, she was the one of the worst people I've ever met. And, but I know this is common. Uh, it's just she talked so much, you know. But she would, she was, every week she would tell me about something about raising her daughters about something that they had prayed for in their home or something the girls wanted at the time they were, when I first started going to her, they were in high school and then eventually they graduated and they went to college and all of the decisions they needed to make, they were, she was always telling me how they prayed about this and they prayed for that and they prayed for that. And I don't ever remember her ever telling me we prayed for this and God gave us exactly what, I, what we prayed for. It was always God did something else. Are you, did she tell you about all this stuff? Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the, I just told my daughters, you see there, God knew you didn't need that. They prayed to get accepted into one school and they didn't get accepted in that school. They got accepted in another school. See there, God answered your prayer. That's not answers to prayer. That's stumbling around in the dark. And see, when, when, when you get something, you ask for something, you don't get it. You get something else. How many of you know that can, that's, that's a lot of times not just a coincidence. That's the enemy offering you an alternative. And then they give thanks to God for it. So the, the most fun, I mean, outside of just being saved, think about that. How fundamental is it to just know how to get your prayers answered? Most Christians don't even know how to get their prayers. They have no earthly idea about how to get their prayers answered. That is a huge secret, but it shouldn't be. It's, it's one of those best kept secrets, but it, it's not supposed to be a secret. You know, when you think about what he has shown us, he, he told Paul, he said, the things that you have seen and the things that I will yet reveal to you. When you think about the things he's already revealed to us, I'm talking about to us now. When you think about what he has shown us, what, he, what we have seen, still a big secret to most people. Very well kept secret. The enemy has made sure that people stay in the dark because he offers them something else and then he has religious people to tell them that the something else is the thing that they sought for. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. When you, and then you would think people get tired of praying. They never get their prayers answered. They ask for a banana and they get, you know, a tuba. <laughs> well, I wasn't hungry anyway. <laughs> and yet they just keep on praying. But you see, we have the light. Amen. We, we've seen the light. Our eyes have been opened. Amen. And, and, and the list goes right on down. I mean, the things that are just so basic most Christians have no idea they're even out there. Concerning our, our inheritance, what belongs to us, oh my Lord, the authority that's ours in Christ, oh my goodness. Did you know the authority of the believer? How many of you, now be honest, how many of you feel like you have a fairly good idea about the authority of the believer? How many, anybody of you bold enough? Yeah, you do, you do, yeah. You have a pretty, pretty good grasp on the authority of the believer. Did you know the authority of the believer, a proper understanding, and, and most of you have it, the understanding you have of is adequate, will answer almost every question about the Bible, God, the meaning of life, the mysteries of life. Just that, the one truth of the authority of the believer will answer just about any atheist and agnostic's challenge. Because it starts in the book of Genesis. The authority of the believer starts in Genesis. 
and comes right on up through the, through the, the law and the, and, and the prophets and, the, and the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, his ascension at the Father's right hand, the authority that's been given to the church. People say, well, why in the world, you know, is, if, if God is God, if there's a God, why does he allow all of these things to have the understanding of the authority of believer to tell you right now? Just real quick, why? Most of you can answer the toughest questions out there concerning life, the mysteries of life, the, the sorrows of life, the questions about the life. Most of you are equipped to answer all of them. That's pretty good. Most Christians can't. They, they stumble around and say, well, you know, you just never know what God's gonna do. God in his infinite wisdom, sometimes, you know, these, he just allows, he, no, that's not, God's not allowing squat. Other than in the sense that he, as God, he could stop it if he wanted to. I mean, he has the power, but that doesn't mean he's behind it. He's not allowing the trouble. He's not allowing the sorrow. He's not allowing the, the destruction. He, and that's not from God. He didn't, he, he's not causing it. He's not allowing, he's not involved in it. Everybody, that's not news to anybody here. We all know that. But it's a secret to most people. I'm telling you, church, you have the answer. Yeah, you have the answer. Our covenant, our covenant of healing. Big secret to most people. Big secret to most people. The fact that God has already placed on Jesus the sicknesses, every sickness, every disease known to man has been placed on the, on, on the Lord Jesus Christ he has suffered for it. He has put it away. And by his stripes, we are healed. Not a lot of people know that. But we know it. We know about prosperity. Amen. And, and, and it's not that people aren't interested in it. They, they give their whole lives trying to find it. Looking for love in all the wrong places, you know. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is we know that it's the will of God. Was that, did you read that this morning? Yeah. God is, you know, he said uh, that uh, he's given us the power to get wealth. Well, we know about that. It's, but it's a big secret. It's a well-kept secret, but it shouldn't be. You're able. We've been made. We're able. We, we're, we're, we've, we are sufficient for this ministry. We are sufficient for the, the, the ministry to be a minister and a witness of the things we have seen. We are. Yeah. Because he's empowered us. What did he say it would take to make us effective ministers and witness? The Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, you have to have the revelation, but, but also you're empowered. You have the power. Well, Power don't work on me like it does on so-and-so. It, it still works. Amen. You receive power when the Holy Ghost came upon you. Amen. How it fits, how it sits, how it resides on you is still the power of God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 
You know, we read scriptures and, and we won't go back and look at them, but, but well, let me go a little bit further here. The, the spirit-filled life. Ooh, glory. Hallelujah. What a, what a wonderful thing that, that we have knowledge of and experience in. The spirit-filled life. Praising God, worshiping God. You know, there. I, I was telling, or Steve uh, actually was was mentioning to me, and I brought it up uh, uh, sometime recently. But I, he said it that he said there there are there are a few uh, local ministers in our area that frequent our Sunday night service. I know who they are. Uh, they frequent our Sunday night service, not every week, but every now and then they pop in. And, and they, tell, they tell Steve, the reason they come is because they, come, they, they know they can come to impact on Sunday night and get refreshed. Yeah. And what, what, how is it they describe that? How was it, how was it you told me? They just said that um, they enjoy just being able to sit in and soak in the Spirit of God and, and be refreshed. Yeah, they said, that's okay. They said, he said they, they told him they just enjoy being able to come into our services and just sit in and soak in the Spirit of God and be refreshed. Amen. It's a big secret, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Uh, the ability to, and then prayer. Whew. Praying in the spirit. And even, even Pentecostal people, a lot of them, don't really understand praying in the spirit and they don't utilize it. I know, I grew up in a, in a classical Pentecostal church and, and we, didn't, we didn't dare utter a, a word in the spirit until we shook real good. I mean, you had to have a jolt, you know. And, and, and then you'd spit out a few words in tongues, you know, and, and oh, glory, man, you'd, you'd been touched by the power of God. Don't know anything about it, but Aunt Pastor Angela's told you about her, about her relative. Been in the ministry, Pentecostal ministry for 60 years, is that right? 50, 60, 60 years? Yeah, 60 years. And uh, he told us, he said, oh, no, I, I don't ever speak with tongues unless I feel the Spirit just move on me. And which is once in a great, great while. We think, how much have you missed? How much have you missed all of your ministerial life, let alone your personal life? How much have you missed out on? It's a big secret. God didn't intend it to be a, a secret. If he had, he sure picked a, 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 a crazy place to demonstrate it on the day of Pentecost right in the middle of everything. And he obviously intended for it to go mainstream. Just tell everybody about it. Amen. Amen. Well, we need to get people saved first. You know, this is what a lot of people think. Need to get people saved. You know, we don't want to turn them off to anything. So we, it would just, you know, take a few weeks and we finally get the gospel to them, get them saved and make sure, you know, they're not going to run away. And, and, and then, you know, two or three months later, we'll get them away from, from everybody else in a little room, you know, a little class of four or five people and we'll tell them about the Holy Spirit. That's not what God thought. I mean, he poured out the Holy Ghost on the church right in the middle of town. 
with everybody in town, middle of big feast going on, sinners all around, don't know God, not born again, following the law, full of, uh, of religion and, and bondage and just poured it right out there in front of everybody. So much for using tact. So much for easing them into it, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we can't do anything like that. It'll turn people off. Well, on that day, 3,000 people responded. Amen. That's not, that's not too shabby. Amen. Glory to God. Shouldn't be a secret. It's not supposed to be a secret. Amen. Pray for me. My shoes are coming untied. I feel them getting looser and looser as I'm walking around. If I kick in a minute and they fly off, you know what happened. <laughs> Direction. Direction from the Spirit. Woo, glory to God. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That is such a fundamental truth. Amen. Big secret. Yeah. Big secret. Oh, yeah. How to be led by the Spirit. Oh, yeah. people have some of the most outrageous ideas and you know them, you've heard them all your life. They're just so established in our culture. Well, I was asking the Lord to show me what to do and, and, uh, and some, such and such happened so I know that must be God leading me. But we know how to be led by the Spirit. Direction, protection in these last days. Direction and protection are tied together. Amen. It's a big secret, but, but it, has to be, it has to get out. Do you have any idea when I started? Do you care? Okay. Go with me over to uh, Philippians. Second chapter. Philippians 2. Praise God. <laughs> let's start in verse 12. I want to get down to verse 15, but let's put it in its context. Philippians 2, 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Listen, don't, don't, don't just have preacher religion. Amen. 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 Act this way when the preacher's around. He said, no, much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Now listen, this is one of those scriptures that you can apply. You can take this verse and you can apply it to all things in life. Don't complain. Don't grumble. That's what this is talking about, uh, about anything. But he's talking about the will of God, doing the will of God. Look at the previous verse. For it is God who works in you. Both to do and both to will and to do for his good pleasure, do all things. He's talking about the things that he leads you to do, the things that concern his will. Do these things without complaining and, and disputing, arguing, that you may become blameless and faultless, children of God, without fault 
in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Ooh, glory to God. I, it just, I just noticed just late, uh, actually before I walked out here tonight, I never really noticed this. We are in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation and we are among such. Notice the word in the midst and then among whom. God never intended for our Christianity to be something that, that we have to slip into some kind of, uh, you know, uh, withdrawal from people in order to live. Right. Amen. It works right in the middle of ungodliness. It works right in the middle of crooked and perverse people. It works on the job. It works at school. It works in the, on college campuses with, with, with people that are just foaming at the mouth with, with, with ungodliness and worldly philosophies. It works right in the middle of all of it. Doesn't matter how dark it is. Doesn't matter how, how determined people are to go against God. He said, you're right in the midst of it and, and you can be blameless and harmless and, and without fault in the midst of a crooked and, and, and perverse generation among whom, we're among them, you shine as lights in the world. Glory to God. That's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He didn't say you're, go, you're going to be or you might be. He said you are the light of the world. Here he said, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now notice, hold forth the word of life. Now the New King James says hold fast, but, but uh, Greek scholars tell me this is the best translation is the way the old King James said it because it, this word forth, hold, holding forth, means to hold forth so as to offer. To hold forth so as to offer, like if, I, like if I held my Bible forth to you. That's what that means. Holding forth the word of life. We shine as lights in the world when we hold forth the word of life to people. Amen. Glory to God. You are the light of the world. But, he said, you don't light a light Put it under a basket. You don't light a lamp, put it under a basket. That's a dumb place for a lamp. Doesn't belong under a, a basket. It has no usefulness under a basket. Not any under, there's not anything under there that, it, that needs it. Where the light is needed is out in the room. He said, that's why you light, you light a lamp. You put it on a lampstand so that everybody in the room can receive light. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah. And so it, 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 these things that we know are very well-kept secrets, but we need to make sure they're not. Amen. Let's get the secret exposed. Well, that was weak. Amen. Let's expose these things. Glory to God. How do you do that? Holding forth the word of life. Holding forth the word of life. Hallelujah. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Glory to God. Listen, don't be ashamed of your faith. Don't be ashamed of what you believe. 
Don't be ashamed of what you know. Don't be ashamed of the principles of faith. That's how you get your prayers answered. That's what everybody needs. We ought to be living testimonies of how faith works. We ought to, we ought to have our own the job. We ought to have, you ought to be sharing your, your testimonies about things that you pray for and God actually answered your prayer. Instead of being the late, like the lady that's always sharing with me all the stuff she prayed for, she thought God was answering her prayer and he didn't have anything to do with it. Amen. That's, that's, that's what people are sharing. Well, how novel will it, would it be where you work to, to actually tell people, I prayed for this and, and, uh, and uh, it tried to go the other way and I wouldn't take it. I prayed for this and it looked like it wasn't being answered. It looked like God was offering something else, but I was smarter than that. I knew he said he'd give me what I, what I asked for. Ask and you shall receive, not ask and I'll make up something else. Let people know that you stood for this. You believed God, you asked for it. You didn't take some other answer and God came through for you. I tell you what, people start paying attention to that. Yeah. It, 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 may, it may take a little bit of time, but, but eventually people catch on. You know what? Uh, this person actually gets their prayers answered. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The things that you know about your authority in Christ, the things you know about healing. God, I don't want to talk too much about healing because I might come down with a cold next week. Well, if that's the way you feel, you better get you a flu shot. <laughs> no, if you'll start talking what you believe, amen, step out, let people know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe we're supposed to be sick. You know, the Bible says that Jesus bore our sickness and just show them from the Bible. Don't make a big deal out of it. Just say, well, you know, the Bible says that himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses and, and by his stripes I'm healed. So why, why would I be sick? I'm not gonna take this. See, if you'll start acting on it, if you start acting on it, God will honor his word. But when you're afraid to tell anybody because you're afraid you, it might not come true in your life, what does that tell you about what you believe? Huh? Come on now. Amen. Holding forth the word of life. You have the answer. The old song, Andre Crouch, you know, he went home to be with the Lord this week. Jesus is the answer. Remember that song? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Yeah, he is, but, but, but the things of Jesus are a big secret. He's the answer, but, but what's being said about him aren't true. What most people present about Jesus, are not, it's not factual. Hold forth the word of life. Tell people about the real Jesus. That he'll not only forgive you of your sins, he'll heal your body. He'll cause you to prosper. Well, I don't want to talk too much about prosperity because I got a promotion at work and if I talk about too much, people get mad at me. Give glory to God. 
give glory to God. There are more promotions than just yours. Amen. Hallelujah. There's more money at your company. You get enough people where, where you work, start believing God for prosperity, something will happen to that company. God will have to prosper that company to take care of all of you. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to keep quiet about it because God blessed me and, you know, I don't want to spread this around. Something might happen to my blessing. That's, come on now. That, see, it's, it's, it's what really goes on. Our thinking is all squirrely sometimes. No, praise God. God blessed me because I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm following the will of God. He's promised to bless me. Get spreading that around at work. Get the whole team believing God for a pay raise. Something will happen to that department. They'll start producing, producing, and, and, and there'll be more money available. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Hold forth the word of life. Hold it out there. Offer it to people. It's the best kept secret in the world, but it shouldn't be. And it's, not, and it's not supposed to be. Let's, let's, let's get the secret out. 2015, let's get the secret out. Let's expose this thing. Let's go public. Let's go public. Let's take it to the streets, praise God. I mean, take it to the workplace. Amen. Take it wherever you go. Amen. You don't have to be obnoxious about it. The Holy Ghost is... is uh, revealing something in you and, and, and direction was given to you and it saved you, let people know. You know, I was gonna do so and so and the Holy Spirit in me, just, I just got a check, a, a witness in my spirit. I got an inward witness not to do that. And, and look, I, I saved myself from all this calamity. People begin to wonder, well, what? tell me about this inward witness stuff. What is that all about? Because I just got run into over here. I just, I just got creamed, you know, because I... I I think I heard that too, and I didn't listen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Are you getting my point? Amen. Let's stand. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.